Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Give Jesus a shout of praise, somebody. If that one was for Jesus, he's very disappointed in you. Somebody shout and say, God is good. All the time. God is good. Clap your hands unto the Lord once again. Amen and amen. Bow down your heads and let us pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We are so grateful to you that we know you and that we have a relationship with you. Thank you, Father, that while we were yet sinners, you commended your love for us and you sent Jesus to die for us. Thank you for who you have made us into by virtue of the atoning work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Thank you that we are the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the holy nation, the peculiar people called to show forth your praises. And to shine forth as light in this perverse world. This morning, oh God, thank you that the light of your word is about to shine forth. The entrance of your word gives light and it brings understanding to the simple. Today, oh God, may your light shine on our path and direct us in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we need you to receive understanding concerning your word and so we pray in jesus name that touch each and every one of us sharpen our mental skills and understanding and perceptions in the name of jesus and help us to receive your word may your word today come to bless us and deepen our relationship with you and may our relationship with one another become better as a result of your word today we thank you, Father, this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say amen. amen. Say amen again. Amen. Clap unto Jesus one more time. God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. All right. Today my interpreter is not available. Like they say, circumstances beyond our control or his control but um, I'm going to do my best to blend the preaching with the Akan language as we move along now please turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 22 unless you feel anointed to do interpretation for me today because sometimes in a team, there's somebody else who is on the touch line. Yeah. 
hoping that one of the people playing the match will break his leg so that he can go in and show what he can do. So I don't know whether there's anything like that. Anybody wants to do interpretation for me? Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm seeing faces. I'm sure that I'll get a call very soon. It's too fantastic. There is not even one person here that I personally went to recruit and pull from wherever to be here. So let me put that on record. Alright? The church of God is an open place. Yeah. Matthew 22, reading from verse 34. Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. And one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses. And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now look with me at Matthew chapter 7 and from verse 12. Matthew 7 verse 12. It says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. In Tesenia, O Pesa, Yadeya Wono, Faye Wunyanomo. Amen. His son said, And not so Enna Emraninina, Egina. Mumbon Seme, Mammy. And then Luke chapter 10, from verse 25. So I'm reading through all the scriptures and then I will move into the preaching. Now this is a long one. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, 
What should I do to inherit eternal life? Then And Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? Moses What kind of saying? How do you read it? And the man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. So we read that earlier on. Right, Jesus told him. He said, do this and you will live. But the man wanted to justify his actions. Now, what you need to understand is that the Jews had a mindset that they were only expected to treat fellow Jews well. And so if you are not a Jew, if you are, for example, a Samaritan, or you are a Gentile, they feel that this law does not apply to you. And that they are not obliged to treat you well. So that is why the man wanted to justify himself and so he asked jesus and who is my neighbor or see what's the key word for neighbor 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 all right. And to be said, Jesus Christ said, Why is my neighbor? And I Jesus ye na no. No can send me extreme. He said, A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked by bandits. Somebody say, Oh, sorry. So he was attacked by robbers, armed robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Now these robbers were well organized. So before they beat him, they took off his clothes. Because they didn't want to mess up their clothes. It was part of the booty they were going to take away. So first of all, they took off his clothes, and then they beat him. And they almost killed him. May God deliver you from robbers. May God deliver you from people who want to harm you. When anybody shoots in your direction, may it backfire. May no weapon fashioned against you prosper. May every tongue raised in judgment against you be condemned. In Jesus' name. When thieves come into your area, may they jump your house and move somewhere else. May you receive divine escapes in this life. In Jesus' name. Amen. By chance, a priest came along. Who came along? But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant, somebody who helps in the temple, 
or who helps in the church maybe an usher a chorister a protocol lady or what have you also walked over and looked at him lying there but he also passed by on the other side then a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man he felt compassion for him going over to him the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him take care of this man if his bill runs higher than this i will pay you the next time i am here now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits jesus asked and the man replied the one who showed him mercy then jesus said yes now go and do the same may the lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word now jesus from the reply that he gave to the expert in religious law who asked him in Matthew 22, the earlier scripture that we read. Because remember that this man came to Jesus and asked him, what is the greatest commandment? From the response that Jesus gave to him, we are able to see what is most important to God. Can I have an amen? And today be ena a chechere form penim for no eba be hu Yesu. En wo mu bisa no se. Emra ben na ehunia pa e wo Mose emra nyina mu. Dien pa na esese ye diso. Dien pa ene daso. Obisa no. Na emwaya Yesu edema no no. Emma yen ehu se. Adie bi wo hwa e wo nyame nim no ehuhia pa e ten bibia obi nka se amen Jesus gave him two laws two commandments that are greater than any other The first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind And number 2 to love your neighbor as yourself. And to Yesu Emma notias yese. Emra emunya pa ewo iradi inim. Eni se wudi wakumenina. Wokrenina. Wajinina. Edo iradi wonyankopon. Nanya etosu mienu. Se wubedo wonyonko. Se wara wonhu. Hallelujah. Now, I want to help you to understand what Jesus was trying to say. Mr. and Mrs. Kwaku, it's good to see you. I'm blessed. You know, in school, 
Sometimes when you are writing an exam, there's an exam paper in front of you. The instructions may say, and may the, the, the instructions will indicate that there are five questions. Seven. Let's say seven questions. Question one carries 35 marks. Question two carries 35 marks. And then question three, four, five, six, and seven carry six marks each. What it means, ladies and gentlemen, is that for you to be able to pass that exam, you must make sure that you do very well with question one and question two. In fact, if you do well with question five, question three to seven, and you even get all of them correct, you have still failed. But if you even get three, four, five, six, seven, you don't get good marks there. But as for question one and question two, you do well. And let's say question one, you get 20. And question two, you get 30. You have passed the exam. How many can understand that? And so when Jesus talks about the two greatest commandments, he's explaining to us how we can pass judgment day when we stand before God. That's what he's explaining to us. And I explained to you last week Sunday that when all is said and done, it all comes down to love. Hallelujah. And to Yesu Amayen Atiasiese, Hallelujah. Now, one of the clear ways to be able to measure your love for God is when you love your neighbor. I'll say that again. One of the clear ways by which you can measure your love for God is by assessing your love for your neighbor. So, a person who said, What do a radia? And yes, she or do a woo or emma uniano. A ye be bia emma yen and who say, And pa woo or do emma yan copon. Look at first John chapter four, verse twenty to twenty one. First John chapter four, verse twenty to twenty one. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. So, because the Odonyan Kopon, now so Otaininia, and yes, Aonia Krono, or ye Otrofo. For if we don't love people we can see, 
how can we love God whom we cannot see? The wound to me and near we need a and the acquired best while we be far at the door a Ah, we need a woman, and he has given us this command those who love God must also love their fellow believers. You see, it is not easy to determine whether you really love God because God is invisible. We do not see him with our naked eyes. I'm And for as long as we remain here on earth, we will have to relate with God as an invisible God. And so it is not easy to measure and, and, and really say emphatically that I love God. But God in his word has shown us and has given us a secret that when you love your neighbor as yourself and that kind of love that the Bible is talking about is with the love of God. I explained to you last week that that love is from the Greek word agape or agapao and it's describing the God kind of love. It is not the romantic kind of love or the erotic kind of love, which is the love that is between a man and his beloved or his wife. This kind of love that Jesus is talking about is the God kind of love. It is the love that says, I love you in spite of. It is what we call an unconditional love. It is a love that is a a decision that you are taking. That this person may not be lovable. But I have decided that I'm going to love him. And God's word is revealing to us. That when you love your fellow believers. Or you love your neighbor. With the God kind of love. It is an indication of your love for God. Because really it is only God who can empower you to love others. With the God kind of love. Can I have an amen from somebody? And so this morning, I am continuing along the same lines that I shared with you last Sunday. Last Sunday, the title of the message was, It All Comes Down to Love. And today, I'm talking about love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to love you as I love myself. Hallelujah. And I want to share with you some important truths about loving your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Amen. Se owo odobi ema nyankopon. Nyamia yesom nunu yen tumi enfa yeni enhu no da. No nwankasa ewo ninse mpenu mo atre yense. Se ye wo onyadoa. Enu ne ma ye enhu se. Ampa bibi ewo ye mwa. Ye dedo ye nyankopon. Hallelujah. Inti ene nyamia sama minimo echen. Meka bibia efa onyadoa hon. 
Se ese se ye do ye nyanomu te se senia ye do ye hono. Hallelujah. Number one, your neighbor is anybody else apart from yourself. Your neighbor is anybody else apart from yourself. Se ye kase wunia. And ye ye ka obifu fro and wansem and ye wansem and a ye ka. And so your neighbor is anybody else apart from yourself. What it means is that you must not restrict your neighbor to just somebody who lives in your neighborhood and say that because this person lives next to me, that is my neighbor. It is more than that. Your neighbor is not just somebody you sit by in your class in the classroom. Your neighbor is not just your colleague at the workplace. But you need to broaden your understanding of who your neighbor is. And your neighbor is anybody else apart from yourself. Hallelujah. Number two. According to the parable of the good Samaritan. Your neighbor is any other man or woman. Irrespective of his nation or nationality. Or religion. According to the parable of the good Samaritan, your neighbor is any other man, irrespective of his nationality or religion. You know, religion It is irrespective of that. So, according to the parable of the good Samaritan, which Jesus shared, we can see that per Jesus' definition, your neighbor is any other man or woman, any other person, irrespective of the person's nationality, irrespective of the person's religion. You may live with the person or you may meet the person by chance, but it's referring to anybody else apart from yourself. Hallelujah. Number three, your neighbor can also be said to be anybody in need. Your neighbor is anybody who is in need, anybody who is in distress, or anybody who is in trouble. That is one of the ways you can define who your neighbor is. So, person who only a cry or you and ye ye ka obia owo ahunchiremu obia owo ohaomu obia eniama ensinuye se wuhia ewo wabrabo mu obi bia te saa enye saa oni akro no ono ena yesu christo efrenu wunia hallelujah and such a person is somebody that you have an opportunity to help it means therefore in this life that if you ever meet somebody you may know the person you may not know the person but if that person has a need that you can meet if that person is going through something that you can help out with if that person needs assistance and you have the opportunity or the ability to help that person that person according to the word of God is your neighbor Hallelujah. And so we read it in the parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus told the story there. 
of a Jewish man who was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, Jericho is the second largest city of Judea. And between Jericho and Jerusalem, the distance is about 19 miles. And so this man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem is on a hill. And Jericho was lower down there in a valley. So he was moving from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now he was traveling alone. In dangerous territory. And I don't know why he decided to do that. Because when you know you are going somewhere that is dangerous, you need to take extra caution. Unfortunately, he didn't do that. And the Bible says that he was attacked during this journey. The thieves caught him, stripped off his clothes, beat him up, and the Bible says they left him half dead. That means that he was halfway between death and life. And then something interesting happened. As he lay there probably groaning in his pain. A priest. A pastor. Who was returning from Jerusalem to Jericho. Because Jericho was a place where a lot of priests and Levites used to live. And they used, to move, they used to move from Jericho to Jerusalem to go and minister in the temple and return. So probably he had finished his, his, his service in the house of God and was returning home. As he was going, he noticed that there was somebody lying by the side of the road. And the Bible says that the priest immediately moved to the other side. And quickly walked away. He did nothing to help this guy. You would have expected that because he was a priest. Or because he was a pastor. There would be a certain compassion. And feeling. That he would have for this guy. But the Bible says he walked on the other side and did not lift a finger to help the person. Not long after he had gone, a temple assistant, somebody who serves in the temple, also stumbled upon this man. He was also returning from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, he actually moved close to see the man that was lying there bleeding, hurt, dying. He walked close to the guy and probably said, Oh, Webra, Kosawati, hey, Nayadeng, oh, hey, yeah. And then he left him and walked away. 
The priest did that. And the temple assistant also did that. Not long after they had left, the Bible says a despised Samaritan. Now, what you need to understand about the Samaritans is that there was a certain enmity that existed between the Jews and the Samaritan. A Samaritan is a mixed breed, half Jew and half Gentile. Because a time came when, you know, the people of Israel were attacked, they were besieged by the Assyrians. And they were carried into captivity. This is around 720 BC. They were carried away into captivity. But not everybody was taken. Some of them were left. The remnants who were left ended up marrying from the nations around them. So they became mixed breed. Can we say they were half caste? They were half caste. Yeah, mixed breed. And that was contrary to an instruction that God had given that they should never mix up with any of the nations. They were not supposed to marry them. They were not supposed to have anything against them, anything to do with them. But that is exactly what happened. And so because of that, a pure Jew despises a Samaritan. And a Samaritan also feels that the Jews are too known. And there are some ways. So they don't get on at all. Do you remember the encounter that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4? When Jesus started to engage her, she was surprised and said, Hey, how can you ask me for water knowing that we don't get along? So this was something that existed and the pure Jews, they despised the Samaritans. Now the Bible says that a despised Samaritan was also passing by and he came to see this man. And the Bible says he felt compassion for him. He had what we call a tinker for the person. He felt sorry for what this guy was going through. He was riding on his donkey and so he quickly got down ran to this guy and started ministering to him. He cleaned him up because his clothes were torn. I'm sure that he found something to wrap him in. And he started, you know, attending to his sores and his wounds. He had some olive oil. He had some wine. And he used them to dress the man's wounds and attend to him. So there's a song we sing. He poured in the oil and the wine. The kind that restoreth my soul. He found me bleeding and dying on the Jericho road. And he poured in the oil and the wine. So oil and wine have healing properties. Don't come and tell me that because you said so. If you're in come that's not what I'm saying you should do. I'm just informing you that oil and wine have therapeutic properties. That means that they have the ability to heal. So he ministered to this guy. 
And then the Bible says he put him on his own donkey. That means that the guy was on the donkey and he was walking. Somebody say, that's love. Say it again, that's love. And that's what he did. And gently, he led the guy into town where there was a little hotel or inn. Went to see the hotel attendant and told him that I met this unfortunate guy. And I've just brought him here. Please, can you do something to help him? And he gave him money. Money to help take care of the guy. And he told him that if this money is not enough, I have to travel somewhere. On my return, if I come back and you've spent more, I will settle it. And then he left. Now, Jesus asked the person who asked him who his neighbor was. That of the three people who encountered this guy, who would he say was a neighbor to him? And he responded, it was the one who had mercy on him. What it means is that when you love your neighbor as yourself, there's a certain compassion and there's a certain mercy that you have for that person. Can I have an amen? Which means also, as I've explained to you, that your neighbor is somebody who is in need. Somebody who is going through a crisis. Somebody who has encountered a problem or a challenge. And you have the ability to help that person. Such a person is who the Bible is describing as your neighbor. That is your neighbor. Hallelujah. I'm taking us somewhere. Number four, to love your neighbor as yourself means to consider and help anyone who is in need in distress or in trouble. To love your neighbor as yourself means to consider and help anyone who is in need in distress or trouble. To consider. And you trust us, we share obia or what or how be who share obia or what a mani hunu bim? Se who drink on your crono home? Ebi sa wun se e kwan ben na me to me afaso e di abuanoa. E no enetre se who wo uniado. Hallelujah. Remember that I'm sharing with you something that Jesus made clear is very important to God and is the greatest commandment. The man asked for one, but Jesus gave him two. And the reason he gave him the two is because they are linked. They are interconnected. You can't have one without the other. You can't love God without loving your neighbor. You can't love your neighbor without loving God. Not with the God kind of love. And Jesus, by this story of the good Samaritan, was explaining that your neighbor... Or to love your neighbor as yourself means to consider and help anybody who is in need, in distress or trouble. Offer 
ohia emwaye na se wobetumi aboa oniakrona woboa no eno ene kire se wenya oniado and ladies and gentlemen this is the essence of christianity i told you that this year is a year of progress and advancement but one of the areas where we must clearly progress and advance is in our love for our neighbor remember that your neighbor is not just somebody who lives close to you somebody you know somebody you have a relationship with yes such a person is your neighbor but it is not restricted just to that it goes beyond that and the definition you must have of who your neighbor is is somebody who is in distress somebody who is in trouble somebody who is in need and you relate with the person with love with compassion you have mercy on the person that is what it means to love your neighbor hallelujah number five to love your neighbor as yourself is to treat your neighbor as you would like to be treated. To love your neighbor as yourself is to treat your neighbor as you would like to be treated. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call the golden rule. Everybody say the golden rule. Say it again, the golden rule. Now, this is a rule that cuts across different religions. You find it in the Muslim faith. You find it with Buddhists. You find it with Hindus. You find it virtually everywhere. The golden rule. And we read about it in Matthew chapter 7 verse 12. Which is a, just a verse I read earlier on. Let's take a look at it again. Matthew 7 verse 12. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. It is this verse which has been summarized by the statement, the golden rule. Now, what does it really mean? What does it mean to treat your neighbor as you would like to be treated or to do to others what you would like them to do for you? You see, the idea behind it is to operate by this golden rule you should imagine that you are tearing off your own skin and you are wrapping it around another person so that you feel like you are that other person and then all the longings that you have for your own safety and health and success and happiness, you begin to now feel it for the other person as though you were him. I'll explain it to you again. This thing about doing to others whatever you like them to do to you, the idea behind it is like, imagine that one kasa wohonamno wepili and now what the akata will be for from home. Now why yen sa inti akoye se wo and now we yes sa oni akrono. And nunti adiye pia wo pese ye ye emao. 
a emao ahoto emao asomje emao apono wo yesa de ne ema oni akron as if you are that person that's what the golden rule means and that's what it means to treat others as you would like to be treated number 6 To love your neighbor as yourself is to put yourself in another person's shoes and to imagine what that person is going through and feeling. If you ask me, Pastor, what does it mean to love my neighbor as myself? It means to put yourself in the other person's shoe. You see, it is not about you. It is about the other person. Often the mistake that we make and the problem and the struggle that we have is when we begin to feel that but what about him? What about her? Why did he also not do this? Why did she also not do this? Why did he travel alone on that road? Why did he also make that mistake? Why did he not have people with him so that as he was traveling, they will keep company with one another and they'll be able to protect themselves when the armed robbers come upon them? Why did they? That's not what it is about. It is simply about putting yourself in the other person's shoes and asking yourself that if I were in this person's shoes, how would I like to be treated? Then you treat that person in the way that you would like to be treated if you were in the other person's shoes. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. That is what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. Is to put yourself in the other person's shoes and to imagine what that person is going through and feeling. To be able to treat your neighbor or to love your neighbor as yourself, it calls for a lot of imagination. You begin to imagine what is he going through? What is she going through? This situation, this problem, this struggle that he or she is experiencing. How is he feeling? How is she feeling? How is she coping with it? How is she coping with it? You begin to imagine that. And you ask yourself that if I were the person, how would I be feeling? Now, the way you feel as you are imagining yourself to be in the other person's shoe is supposed to now guide you in how you relate with the other person. Now, somebody made a statement and said, which takes us to the seventh point, and which is my last point for the day. To love your neighbor as yourself is to offer practical help to those in need. To love your neighbor as yourself is to offer practical help to those in need. Which is, as you are doing that, it is an expression of your love for them and for God as well. So to love your neighbor as yourself is to offer practical help to those in need. Practical help. That's what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. David Livingston made a statement and said, sympathy is not a substitute for action. Sympathy is not a substitute for action. What he's saying is that it is not just enough to, to, to have sympathy for somebody. It's not just enough. 
You are supposed to move beyond that into practical steps to help the person. It is easy for people to sympathize with you. But you often do not have people who are prepared to move beyond the sympathy and then now actually start to do something practically to help you. And to understand this, you have to imagine and ask yourself, if I am going through this situation, what will I want people to do for me? Then based on that, you move ahead and begin to do that thing that you want them to do for you. You do it for that other person. That's what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. And so sympathy is not a substitute for action. Somebody say with me, sympathy is not a substitute for action. Hallelujah. And so the instruction to love your neighbor does not just require merely feeling sorry for the person, but it calls for practical action. Now, you see this with Jesus, and I'm closing. You will notice with Jesus that all the time he was around, there was a certain compassion that he had for the people he encountered. So we share you ra yesua. Emra obasa si yesui. Upe wuse adia ba kubi ewo no hon. Eni se na owo atinka. Ena owo odo ema nipa adaseni. And you see from the way he related with different people. That he did not just sympathize with people. But he did everything that he could to help them. So for example, he went to preach and he spent a long time preaching. It was now late and some, and some of his disciples came to tell him that Adiasa, ask the people to go home. They have to get something to eat. In fact, in another account, Jesus himself said to the disciples, I feel some way to let these people go back. They must be hungry. And if we don't take it, they will faint along the way. And one of the disciples asked, that where are we going to get enough money to buy food to feed all these multitudes? I'm talking about 5,000 men excluding women and children. And that day, Jesus demonstrated what it means to take practical action to help somebody. That is when he performed that miracle that he fed those 5,000 people, excluding the men and the children. He did not just have a feeling for them. He moved beyond that to do something about the situation and to do something about that problem. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what we call love. Whenever he met sick people, he ministered to them. There was a way he always related with poor people, with downtrodden people, with people who are vulnerable in the society. So you'll be there and the disciples, Peter and Co, will be sucking their little children. He said, that, let them come to me. Let them come to me. He'll be there and they brought this woman caught in adultery. They wanted to kill her and he stood in her defense. That is love. That is compassion. That is doing something practically to help another person. 
And when you love your neighbor as yourself, you do not just sympathize with the person. You do what you can to help that person through that situation. And so James, my last scripture for the day, captures it in this statement. James chapter 2 verse 15 to 17. In fact, the last but one scripture. James chapter 2 verse 15 to 17. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? And so you see Faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. What is James saying to us? And what is the word of God saying to us? That when we talk about loving your neighbor as yourself, it has to be practical. Where you do things, practical things to help your brother, to help your sister who has a need. And so you don't look at somebody who is hungry and tell the person, Oh, Okondo, where the answer? You don't stretch forth your hands on the person and say, Be filled, take it one, take it two, take it three, receive it in Jesus. That's not what you do when you have love for your neighbor. Practically, you do something to help the person. If you have food, you give the person. Or if you have money, you give the person so that the person can buy food. Practical. Practical action. Not just sympathy. The last scripture in 1 John chapter 3 verse 18. It says, dear children, 1 John 3 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Let's not just love in word, as the King James puts it, but let's love indeed by our actions, by what we practically do to help a brother who is in need, who is in a crisis, who is in distress. That is what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. Why have I shared this message with you? Because that is what God is expecting from us. And in this church, if you belong to this church, I want us to develop this thing called having love for your neighbor. It should be a cardinal feature in this church. Because it all comes down to love. And that love must be demonstrated by how much love we have for each other. Where you love your neighbor as yourself. It takes the love of God to be able to love somebody else like yourself. Because naturally we are very selfish and self-centered people. We always want good things to come to us. We always want to experience nice things and good things. And it's like everything good, everything nice must come to us. 
to the extent that when other people are blessed or other people are enjoying something, we begin to have funny feelings about it. But God is saying to us on a day like this and drawing our attention to what is most important to him. Which is to love our neighbor or our neighbors as ourselves. If we really want God to be happy with us and if we really want God to be pleased with us, this is something we must strive for. And in your relationship with one another, in your relationship with the people you know and the people you don't know. Always ask yourself, if I were in this person's shoes, how would I want to be treated? Would I want to be helped? Would I want to be assisted? Would I want something done for me? Would I want mercy? Would I want compassion? If that is what you would want, determine and resolve that whenever you have opportunity to show mercy, to show love, to show compassion and to help somebody else, that is what you are going to do. Because that is what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. Rise to your feet and let us close. Now die won't you know that she me oh that same love to others and today my prayer for all of us is that we will begin to walk in this kind of love towards one another and that we will we will fulfill this divine instruction that golden rule to love our neighbors as ourselves 
and to treat others as we would want ourselves to be treated. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity, my friend, to give your life to Jesus and to receive him as your Lord and Savior. God loves you. And many years ago, he demonstrated that love by sending Jesus to die for you. And this morning, you have an opportunity to respond to the love of God. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'll be so glad to pray with you. As every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray for you wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. And if you're watching us, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can lift your hand where you are. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. And everybody should pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, today I come to you just as I am. Oh God, please forgive me for all my sins. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. From today, I am yours. And you are mine. I will serve you. And I'll follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you're watching and you prayed this prayer, call the number that is scrolling on your screen. And then if you pray this prayer today and you want to know what next to do, see any of the pastors right after the service and they are going to assist you. May God help us to love him and to love one another and fulfill the greatest commandments of all. Put your hands together for Jesus. God bless you and you may be seated today. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.